Hello, and welcome to Game on Girl on the Go. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and you may know me as the head geek over at the Geek Embassy. You may know me as Doc Liz from Twitter and many other social media platforms. And you may know me from Game on Girl, which is a podcast I created based on my dissertation research. Uh, Game on Girl on the Go is going to be a sort of abbreviated uh, podcast talking about my dissertation research in gender and gaming, um, which I'm recording from my car. So if uh, you're wondering why the sound quality is such as it is, it's because I'm on a headset in my car heading to work. (laughs) So in the first episode of Game on Girl on the Go, I talked about the gamer types that I found in my dissertation research. And I said that the first three episodes were going to be about the, those gamer types. Uh, so a little bit more in depth about each of the three. So again, the three are self-gamers, role players, and mastery gamers. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about self-gamers. Um, I guess it could seem to be the most obvious <laughs> category of gamers are the people who go into a role-playing game with the intention of representing their own identity in that game. And um, that is essentially what I found, uh, that there were quite a few uh, women who wanted to see themselves in the game. And there's many reasons why you want to see yourself reflected in the game, um, and many many ways to do that. Uh, And that was part of what I found in the research. So um, some women talked about uh, wanting to go on big adventures and that being able to explore an area in game unencumbered by some of the fears that women feel trying to explore um, their own physical reality um, they don't have in game. Uh, in game, you're super powerful, you're armed, um, you are capable of going in and being in an area on your own in a way that you aren't necessarily in the real world as a woman. So it was pretty appealing to be able to have this life and this adventure that many women felt they couldn't have outside of a virtual environment. Uh, So that was one big theme that I saw. Um, A lot of self-gamers want to make sure they see their own physical identities represented in the game. And when that isn't an option, many will go to great lengths to to represent themselves as best as they can. So in a game, say, like Borderlands 2, where you don't get to customize your avatar, Uh, to any great degree. You know, there's like a set number of characters you can play. But you can change the color of the um, gear that they wear or their their costumes or their their clothing. And so one of the ways people who are self-gamers will find that identity in a game like that where they don't, they can't customize their avatar and actually make it look like that themselves they will pick their favorite colors or they'll work really hard for whatever achievements give them the abilities to make the character look a certain way because they feel it aligns more with who they are. Um, I didn't realize that I would find myself in the self-gamers. Uh, 
until after I started doing the research and started talking to other gamers and discovered that <laughs> one, the first avatar that I created when I started playing World of Warcraft um, very much looked like me. And, and it wasn't conscious. I didn't go in and say, I want to look like, I want my avatar to look like me. I just went in and created an avatar I thought was pretty. Um, had, you know, short blondish hair at the time, light brown blondish hair. Um, she had that. Uh, she had kind of greenish blue eyes and kind of dainty features. And when I changed my hair color, because at the time I was playing Vanilla WoW, so I was playing back in the original days before even the first expansion came out. Um, and you couldn't go and change your hair. Like there wasn't a hairdresser. There's a hairdresser in WoW now. You can go change your hair if you want to. You couldn't do that. So when I changed my hair color and my hairstyle, I went in and I made a new avatar. And that avatar ended up with the same hair color and hairstyle that I had. Um, and I put a little bit of, like, uh, fantasy self-identity in there, too, where I gave that avatar um, an ear piercing that I've always coveted but never gotten for myself. Um, so kind of on the top, the top cartilage of your ear. I love, you know, uh, piercings up there, but I don't have one. Uh, so I gave her that. So here was a new avatar, new class, new, new role and everything that I took on. Um, completely coincided with me changing my hair color uh, without any, like, actual reflection from me that I was going in and, you know, making a new character because I had a new, a new haircut. Um, in hindsight, and when I started doing the research and I started talking to people, I started to realize, you know, my own identity play that was going on in the game. Um, a couple of the women that I interviewed talked about um, how motherhood was often be seen as, like, the big adventure for women. And uh, if they didn't want that, then they were limited in some way. And so being able to represent themselves in game was really important because they got to have um, kind of a big adventure that they felt they couldn't have otherwise. Um, some of the other things that we notice about self-gamers um, is that many of them won't play games where they can't, where they can't customize their avatars, where they can't make themselves look like their avatars. And I also experienced that where I played a game where I couldn't um, I couldn't play a female avatar. And it was, it's always been really important to me ever since there have been female avatars to be able to play a female avatar. And so I played, oh, God, I can't remember. It was a shooter. I think it was called Break. And um, you could only be male avatars. And I had, I mean, that game was kind of terrible to begin with, but um, I had no attachments to that game whatsoever because there was just, nothing of me in it. In fact, I played really recklessly, too, uh, which is really interesting because when I was playing my other characters in, um, in WoW originally, I was pretty cautious. I was pretty careful not to die, to, um, to be respectful and be careful. But in Brink, where I had, like, no attachment whatsoever to my character, I would just run off and my friends were like, what are you doing? You're running into the middle of things. And I'm like, yeah, but I got a big gun. And I would just go for it. Um, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, and the truth was I really didn't care. Um, and so, so there's a lot, I think, that kind of goes between that in terms of, like, finding for self-gamers, finding that identity, being attached to their character is important. And like I said, for me, it actually affected how I played the game. 
Um, I don't know that that's true necessarily for all self-gamers. If you're listening to this and you're finding you identify with some of what I'm talking about, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Um, uh, let's see, what are some of the other characteristics you see with self-gamers? Um, definitely a high uh, propensity for wanting to play characters that and classes that reflect their skills. Um, oh, and one of the things I was looking at as I started my research, I really wanted to see if women gamers would play male avatars because we already knew there had been enough research to know that there was a high number of men who play female characters and play female tunes on purpose. They would go out and make female tunes specifically to be, you know, female in the game. Um, and so we knew that there was that tendency, and I call that cyber drag. So I talked about how you know, you would perform gender in-game for different reasons. And a lot of men would talk about, you know, being more likely to get accepted into a group when they were gaming, when they had a female avatar, um, than they would be if they had a male avatar and things like that. So there were certain advantages to being female in-game that there weren't necessarily to being male in-game. So this was a big, a big thing that him had talked about a lot, but nobody had asked if women were doing the same thing so I bring this up at self-gamers, uh, talking about self-gamers, because um, I found very, very few women, if they had a choice, would play male avatars. And the one woman who did finally have a story about playing a male avatar um, said she didn't ever do any kind of voice chat, so nobody could identify her as a woman gaming. So when she went in and played a male character, and she would text chat, so she would text she would write out, um, she said everybody assumed she was gay. Um, they just jumped to this conclusion that she was a gay guy instead of, you know, thinking it might be a woman playing a male avatar. Uh, they just jumped to the conclusion that she was a guy playing the character. And because of that, because of the stigmas that she felt had kind of come from that, she didn't play male characters anymore. She dropped playing that avatar in reasonably low levels um, and just didn't enjoy it anymore at all. Uh, and that was really my biggest insight into women playing male characters because it was just such, it was so rare to find a woman who played a male character. Um, so really interesting to think about it. Um, and like I said, there are some benefits, or at least there used to be. I don't know if it's still true because I'm not currently playing World of Warcraft anymore, so I don't know if the culture has sort of continued where female characters are more likely to get picked for groups, um, especially since there was like the Dungeon Finder that came up later where um, people um, could just jump in like line and get put in random groups and it didn't matter what kind of avatar you had at that point. Um, so I don't know that's all part of uh, how like kind of game evolved, but back in the original days when you had to actually find people. A lot of people said it was easier to find groups, and you'd be more likely to be randomly gifted, you know, stuff when you are a female avatar as well. And so I remember instances of, you know, being in a, you know, central location and having somebody just walk up and give me 100 gold pieces, and I was like, um, thanks, what was that for? And he's like, well, you look poor, you know, get some better gear. And I said, okay, well, thank you. And um, completely unsolicited, I had people give me gear before as a female avatar. 
lots of stories about that too in the research as well. So um, I guess there is more of an advantage for um, uh, male gamers to play female avatars in that environment because um, there were certain perks to being a female avatar. Um, back in the day. I'd be really interested if anybody's playing like World of Warcraft who's listening to this now, if you could share with me if this is still the way the culture works, um, if this is still kind of what happens in that environment. I'd love to, to have kind of an update on that. So that's kind of my wrap-up of, of self-gamers here. So, um, you know, looking to represent themselves physically as much as possible, you know, aligning class and play style with what their own personalities are like. Um, finding that um, that identity and being able to reaffirm who they are in their physical lives in the game. Uh, so those were all sort of key components of the self-gamer. Uh, so in my next episode, I will talk about role players, uh, which were super fun. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a couple of the quotes, and maybe read some of um, the descriptions of the characters that people came up with as role players, because uh, there were some very distinct backstories that I always found, um, that I found super fascinating, and uh, the detail and depth that people went into in the role-playing in uh, World of Warcraft and other role-playing games like EverQuest and stuff like that, too. So uh, let me know what you think. Do you identify with a self-gamer? I said in the first episode, um, you don't have to be just one. I find myself leaning to be primarily self-gamer and also mastery gamer, so those are kind of the two main um, categories that I fall into, uh, and I'll get to talking about you know mastery gamers as we as we go on this uh, game on girl on the go journey. So uh, send me comments, hit me up on Twitter at Doc Liz with two Z's, and until next time, game on.